If you are selling to beginners, people who are just getting started, today's podcast is going to be an absolute awesome marketing strategy if you are selling to that type of that type of persona as well. Welcome to Storytelling Secrets. This is the podcast for coaches, consultants, and course creators who want to unlock their core stories and use the stories to sell more online. It's a place to master persuasion and influence so you can build a deep relationship with your audience. And it's a place where real-world marketing strategies, tips, and lessons are shared freely. If that interests you, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Jules Dan, and I've battled my way from being a broke group fitness instructor to a full-time, in-demand, freelance email copywriter. Now, I'm ready to get to work. Follow along on my journey as I share my everyday hard-won lessons. I'm Jules Dan, and this is Storytelling Secrets. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, my name is Jules Dean. So glad you joined with me here today. If you're brand new, hello, welcome. It's always good to have someone new. And I'd like to introduce you to my new guest today. His name is Zach Spuckler. He's from Heart, Soul, and Hustle. I believe I've got that right. HeartSoulHustle.com, correct. And so Zach is a bit of a whiz when it comes to Facebook ads with webinars with ads, with email marketing, all the stuff I'm obsessed, obsessed with. He's obsessed with stories as well. Uh, we go into some really cool strategies. He's not going to hold back on this. He goes pretty in-depth in how he's bringing in new clients um, through a ultimate blog post um, and then how he's structuring his webinar a bit differently than everyone else, especially uh, he's selling against the whole, you know, don't teach him on anything on the webinar and then sell them sell them a solution at the very end of the webinar. He's actually got a different model and it worked absolutely gangbusters. You're going to hear about that on the webinar, plus a bunch of cool things. I won't give them all away. Other than that, thanks for listening to the podcast and here's my interview with Zach Spuckler. G'day. Hey, this is Jules Dan from Storytelling Secrets. I'm joined by Zach Spuckler from HeartSoulHustle.com. Zach, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm really pumped because there are a few topics that really intrigue me as well. Um, but before we sort of touch on any of the content, I'd love to learn a little bit about you. How, how did you come to where you are right now? I know you've got quite a bit of a, a backstory read on your on your About Me page. Yeah, it's a long backstory. So I've been doing this for about six years now. And uh, I started probably... Pfft, probably about 13, 14 years ago when I was like very intrigued by this idea of making money online. I wasn't even 18 yet. And I was like, man, I just got to know how this works. There's, there's gotta be a cool way to do this. And uh, I started doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So I've done freelance writing, website flipping, affiliate marketing. Um, but ultimately, you know, uh, what I discovered through all of this through line without making it a really long story mm -hmm. is that what I really loved about everything that I had tried was like the marketing aspect of it. So when I was in freelance writing, I was intrigued by the fact that this guy was hiring me to create SEO relevant websites. And then he was generating revenue with them. And, um, I did direct sales and, uh, I was really intrigued by the fact that nobody was advertising. So I was one of the first people that I knew within the company that I was with to actually run ads, uh, to attract customers in the direct sales world. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's just that through line continued. I did food blogging, I did service-based business. And I was like, I just love the, the marketing side of things. And so in about 2015, I started Hard Soul and Hustle, which was uh, at the time I was running Facebook ads for people, mm -hmm. um, which we do now as well. 
but I was like, man, this is super fun. And within the first 30 days, we had about four clients uh, paying us anywhere from 1200 to 1500 a month, which when you're 22 is like a really great amount of money. Yeah. And yeah. people around me started asking me how we were doing it. And at the time, Periscope was really big, live streaming platform. A little dating myself a little bit is here. That still, but, is that still uh, a thing? <laughs> Uh, technically, yes, I wouldn't call it a thing, but technically it is. Yep. Um, (laughs) but, but I, you know, I, people were asking me like, how are you getting clients from Periscope? And so I, I whipped up a $97 course and over time that just evolved into a full-blown info product business. We now have low ticket, high ticket coaching, consulting services, Mm. and uh, I'm happy to dig into any of it, but I know how fun it is when the person you're interviewing drones on for 20 minutes about their life. So I'll call it there and you can ask me anything you want. <laughs> well, okay. Okay. Well, that's really, and what are you focusing on right now? Cause I know I checked out some of your Instagram and like you, you've got like a lower ticket sort of coaching yeah. offer. And then, um, cause you wanted to make it a little bit more inclusive for people who want that help, but you've also got that higher end, you know, more one-on-one support with Zach. Absolutely. So we have two arms to the business, the agency and the consultancy, which is all yeah one-on-one and service-based. And we have the info product side, which has $37 products, $47 products, um, all the way up to $10,000 coaching. Um, and the, the real thing that I like people to know is uh, we don't like to call it an ascension model um, only because you don't have to ascend through our business, right? So you look at like a traditional ascension model or ladder, whatever you want to call it. Mm. It's like the idea is that people have to move up to get the best information. Um, We have people taking our $37 products and making $20,000 in their launch. Uh, We have people that we work with that are doing million dollar launches in the service side of the business. So our goal is not to be like, oh, like obviously from a business perspective, somebody who spends $37 is way more likely to buy the course um, yep. that we charge three to $500 for, for sure. Um, but they get quality information at every price point um, just based on where they're at in business. And that's really a big part of the mission that we have. Yeah, well, uh, that makes a lot of sense. And it doesn't make a lot of sense if that, obviously a $37 product is not gonna be exactly what you're gonna get in a $10,000 coaching experience. Yep. But the thing is that let's just say the do it yourself model is um is going to be a completely different experience than working with you and working and networking with other individuals. And, you know, that's the price tag that people pay Absolutely. for. But if you can promise that result and other people have got it at that lower ticket mark, then yeah, like I'm with you on that sort of philosophy. Um, but I, I do want to sort of talk on say like um, ads. I haven't had too many talk about ads right now. So yeah. What are you mainly, are you mainly getting people coming from ads for the lower ticket stuff or the high ticket or just a bit of everything? Yeah, that's a really good question. So advertising is a big part of our business, partially because we have the agency where we run ads for people mm-hmm. and partially because we have, you know, ads that we run for our business. Um, we do a combination of things. So we run ads to build our email list. We run ads to sell our products. Um, we don't really sell high ticket products directly from ads unless we're in the middle of a launch, which Mm-hmm. whole can of worms we can get into. Um, but yeah, advertising, you know, for me, I think a lot of people get really bogged down in the process of advertising. Cause it's like, well, how do I run ads and where should I be running them? And, you know, one of the, the best exercises you can do is really sit down and say, okay, from somebody who's like your target market, what are all the steps they need to take to become like the ideal customer? Is it reading your blog? Is it buying your low ticket product? Is it opting into your freebie and going through a funnel? There's a million ways to do it. And I tell people there's no right way to do business. You just got to do what feels good to you and ultimately makes you money um, yep. profitably. Uh, but but with advertising, what we do is we drive people into low ticket products and freebies. 
And we nurture those people with uh, regular content, podcasts. We write, um, I call them epic blog posts. So we just wrote one last week, uh, 8,200 words, no opt-in required on how to launch a course over the course mm -hmm. of eight weeks. And uh, we just nurture the heck out of people with really quality information, whether it's free or paid. We just want them to feel like they're getting a world-class experience that beats out some of the things that they're already paying for. Cool. So, so just out of curiosity, does that mean that you're sending traffic to that ultimate blog post? There's no opt-in. Yeah. You said there's no opt-in or they have- a No opt-in required. So then how do you follow up with those people? It's a great question. So people are, a lot of times people say like, well, why would you write this really amazing piece of content? Um, and, uh, you know, <laughs> in terms of follow-up, you can't follow up with email for the people that are um, not opting in, right? So sure. within the blog post, we do a couple of things. And um, I'm actually going to pull up, <laughs> it's funny you asked that because we sent out an email about it and we basically said like, look, you're probably wondering why the heck would you give this away for free and not mm -hmm. ask for my email? So first things first, we do have a course launch. Uh, we have a $500 course, four ninety seven. dollars and so it basically is that blog post, but with videos, workbooks, walkthroughs, coaching, support. And so it's like, if you want to really get people acquaint, uh, yeah, acquainted with your process, why not just tell them what it is, right? So traditionally in marketing, we like give people a what and not the how, or we like kind of tease them with content. And then I don't want to say bait, but that's the word I'm going to use is like bait them yeah. into buying 497, 997, 1997. Um, so my thing is like, why not give away the information at no cost? And um, we have a waitlist opt-in on that page, but it, there's no opt-in required to get the information. Yep. And so the waitlist grows as a byproduct of that blog. Um, the second thing is we put our uh, we put low ticket offers throughout the blog. So when people visit the blog, we actually make money. Um, we don't just, you know throw it out there and be like, I hope a bunch of people read it and it goes viral. We actually generate revenue on the blog. And basically our thought process is if you love the free content, which is like really good content, mm -hmm. um, you'll probably be like, wow, if this is free, you know, what am I going to get for 37 bucks? And then the last thing is um, it's great for traffic. So it builds up SEO. It builds up shareability. Um, people read it for a long time, which helps our score in Google. So um, at, at this time, I think we've had like 450 people view it. I checked it this morning. It was around 400. Yeah, yeah, um, but the average person sits on the page for seven and a half minutes. Um, and how long does it take to read the article, do you reckon? Probably about 15. Um, well, that's not bad. No. So, I mean, it's like a really healthy... Uh, rate, which helps us in Google. And so the other thing is all of that kind of creates this, this, like this trust, it creates sales, it creates traffic, it boosts our reach in Google. And then because we have the Facebook pixel on our site and Google analytics, we can retarget all that traffic with advertising and Google. So yeah. your initial question was like, why stuff. would I do it? And how do we follow up? We do it with advertising and we're just building goodwill with our audience. Yeah, exactly. I really like that model. Obviously, it's a bit outside of the scope of, you know, how you set that up and everything else. Or is it really simple and I'm just overthinking it? Oh, super simple. We just write like, and I know it sounds silly because you're like, you just write, right? It's like 8,200 words. We just for, just for, um, 
giggles, I made it double space and it's about 40 to 50 pages. Mm -hmm. So if it's a double, like if it were to be a college paper, it'd be about 40 pages long. So it's a decent length. I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, you just write an 8,000 word blog post. Um, we have a process which I'm happy to share that makes it really, really simple. Um, but basically, yeah, that all you do is write the post, share it out to your audience, encourage them to share by asking directly. And then you put the Facebook pixel on your site and you can retarget all the traffic. Yeah. Well, that's really sick. And um, how much money are you spending a day sending traffic to that Not page? A ton. For this one, we actually haven't started. Um, we do when we rewrite them. We haven't started running paid traffic. I like to let it run for about a week because it gives me a sense of like the organic shareability, reachability of it. Um, Cause I can see how many people have clicked on my emails and I can see how many people are coming from Facebook, from Google analytics. Yep. So I like to just kind of play the field and see like, is this even a good article before I put money behind it? If I can't get 500 to a thousand views on it organically, then I'm like, okay, I don't want to put money behind it cause it's not resonating with people. Um, yep. Now the flip side of that is I have a decent list. I have a list of like six to 7,000. I have a Facebook group of paying customers. I have good reach on my organics. I do Instagram reels to reach people. So mm -hmm. it's not like I'm like hitting publish and then sitting there going, okay, let's well, reach 500. Like I'm marketing yeah. it. Um, but it's like, if I'm not getting good click through rate on my emails or people aren't opening the emails, that indicates to me, it's not, you know, it's not worth putting the money behind because people aren't resonating with it. Um, but I, when I do five to 10 bucks a day, if I'm being like uh, playing a long-term game, mm -hmm. in this case, I'm in pre-launch, so I'll probably throw about 15 to 20 bucks a day behind it, um, which can be a little scary because there's no direct return, so to speak. Um, but I'm building up all that traffic that I can run when I do launch my course with either a challenge or a webinar. Yeah. So awesome. So all of this, you know, this blog post, it's leading up to, you said your pre-launch. Yes. for the 497 course. Is that correct? Correct. You got yes. It. So everyone's got their different methods of pre-launching. I know Jeff Walker's got a very complicated way of doing it. My mentor <laughs> has just taught me how to do a five-day email pre-launch. Yeah. We managed to get a six-figure launch out of that. That's um, amazing. Curious to know how you did your, how you're going to plan to do your pre-launch. It's a great question. We do a number of different things. So we see just really high quality content. Mm -hmm. We'll seed the offer via weekly podcasts. And then when we launch, we do a webinar or a challenge. Um, we're leaning towards a webinar this launch, um, which is funny because inside our program, we actually teach how to run challenges. Um, but we surveyed our paying customers and they all were like, I would say like 80 to 90% of people prefer a webinar over a challenge, which is really interesting. Uh, dynamic yep. but uh, yep. um but yeah we're gonna we do a webinar but leading up to the webinar we just seed the heck out of it and right now we're reaching out to our audience of our low ticket offers to basically collect testimonials and then share the testimonials um this is something that i have no idea how it's going to go it's something we want to do this time we want to use something called uh speak pipe i believe it's called we haven't used it yet i have to do more research on it mm -hmm. um or pipe speak something of that nature but basically people can record their own audio and send it to you um right in their internet browser and so we're going to have people record little snippets of what they've done um and release a podcast as almost like a testimonial feature um, yeah you know but if if it makes sense it's like it's purely in the ideation phase so we'll see how it, it pans out um, but we do like to feature a couple students we like to feature case studies um, and basically we're like making the case for why this is such a good idea and then we're in a unique industry which you can't always do this and i know we're spoiled in this sense mm. um in that it's very inceptiony so 
inside our course, we're like, hey, create really incredible content by the way we just did. Um, you know, run your challenge by the way, that's what we're doing here. Uh, you know, yeah. run your Facebook ads, by the way, that's what we've done. So it's very much like we, we model what we want our students to do so that they experience what they would be creating for their audience. Yeah, exactly. Watch, watch how the puppet master moves his fingers and I'm making a bit more sense than what it is, but like, I know exactly what you're saying. Like pay attention to what got yeah. you really excited and what got you wanting exactly. to do this. Exactly. Yeah. I also wanted to ask like, with your with your webinar, right? Yeah. What are you doing to get them? What are you doing to seed that webinar to get them excited? One of the things that that I do is that have you heard of? Obviously, you've heard of Gary, Gary Halbert, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he likes the big idea and a, a big theme behind something. So, yeah. Do you have something similar, like where you pick a theme or or some sort of big idea that people can get behind for the webinar? Our big idea for our webinar is that we're teaching people how to create a 60 day plan for their course launch. So one of the big things that it's funny because we do a lot of things, um, especially within the last six to 12 months that are very contrary to what people teach in the industry. And in our industry, one of the big things that people say is like, don't teach people how to create a plan. Don't teach people the strategy. Don't teach people the idea because what you need to give them is like the dream or the, you know, the outcome, or you have to give them something really tangible that they're going to walk away with. And, um, you know, the, a plan is really tangible, but it's like, it's just a plan. It's not, it's not, it's not it's, results, it's not yeah. results. Right. And, um, we actually ran this webinar, uh, when we were first testing out this offer and the sign up rate and the conversion rate was amazing, which I was really surprised by. Cause so many people were like, don't do a plan. Um, but what I'm finding, especially in our industry is that people are really starting to burn out on these crazy, big, obscene promises that are like, come join the six figure coach challenge. And it's like, by the way, I've never had a client. I don't know how to use social media and I have no email list. They're like, how am I going to do that? Right. Mm. So just giving people the information and the plan, almost taking a step back from what has been the hot way to market um, has been working really, really well for us. But our big idea is like, have your plan, understand how it works, have the intricacies. And, um, you know, it's, it's really interesting because the, the webinar basically walks them through the course. And it's like, do this, do this, watch out for this. Don't do that. Definitely do this. And by the way, if you want coaching, support, videos, workbooks, trainings, to support you through this. Like we can only teach so much in two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want the full experience, then you can join the course and we're very low pressure. Um, and it's converted exceptionally well for us. We're not like, you know, we jokingly say that the two paths is overplayed. So you go on a webinar and a lot of times people are like, you've got two choices. You can <laughs> struggle to figure it out yourself, or you can pay me $2,000. And our thing yep. is like, look, you've got an unlimited amount of choices. You can go to YouTube, you can go to Google. It's just, if you like this process and you like my content and you trust the process and you see the testimonials and you bought a product from us, that, uh, there's a good chance you've already bought something from us and you know our style and you liked our free content, our paid content's better. Like it just is. And we can put more time and energy into it because we have the resources. So yep. come check it out. Um, and it converts phenomenally for us. Would you be open to share what those opt-in rates and what the conversion rates are? Absolutely. We converted our first webinar around 10% of the live show rate and our That's really page good. converted. Yep. Um, I don't know the exact number, but I know it was between about 40 and 45% um, On the from opt-in? cold traffic. 
Right. So about that, 40 yeah. to 45% of cold traffic opted in for a live webinar. Um, I will say our show rates were really low. That's something that we're working on. Um, that's half the industry. Um, you know, just the nature of the beast these days is people mm -hmm. know they're going to get sold something on a webinar. So they're less likely to show up. Um, but we're putting systems in place this time to just hopefully increase our show up rate. Yeah. Um, we'd yeah. like our show rate to be around 15 to 20%. And I want to say it was at 12. Um, so definitely low, like, you know, no, no shame there, but mm. our follow-up converted really well on the replay. I think about 40 to 60% of our sales. I know that's a big range. I just don't have the numbers in front of me, um, but 40 to 60% of our sales actually came from the follow-up sequence, um, that's, not the live conversion. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really awesome with the, it's, it's also funny how like so little people turn up, but then how important the follow-up is, right. Yep. And, and um, people will actually, cause people are busy, Absolutely. right. They got too much stuff going on and maybe this is just a feeling, Zach, that maybe, I don't know, people are too busy to commit to doing a five-day challenge where they have to do the work every single day, whereas yeah. a webinar is like I show up once and it's there or yeah. I get a replay and I can watch it when I want. Yeah, and I think it also has to do with market sophistication. Like our market, we've given them so much information that they don't want to invest another five days, right? So, mm. and and I also think it's part of what we've done is like, we are very adamant that our webinars are not sales pitches. They're actually educational content, which is like, I know it sounds silly because it's like you call them masterclasses or workshops or webinars and people are like, give lots of value. But like, if you actually pay attention to webinars, most of them are very like 30,000 foot view, wheels do not touch the ground for maybe 15 yeah. minutes. And the rest is like, Long I stories. was born in a cabin and now I'm a millionaire. And it's like, okay, cool. But what about me? We try to keep our intro under five to 10 minutes. It doesn't always happen, but we try to keep our intro tight and then weave in like authority and testimonials throughout so that it's not like this introductory chunk of content that just yeah. feels like bragging. And then this end chunk of content that just feels like pitching. It's like, why not just weave that throughout actual educational content and then people, you're building authority, you're building trust, you're building connection. And then if people can see themselves in the content that you create, they're more likely to buy. Yeah, I, I really like that, by the way. Now, but we, we do have to ask for a sale in the follow-up. That, that, um, that is critical. Um, and we're on the Storytelling Secrets podcast. So one of the things I would love to hear is, you know, what kind of stories do you tell? How would you structure your follow-up sequence after they come through your webinar? Yeah, that's a great question. We follow a pretty simple framework for our follow-up sequence. Um, and I do tell stories. And, you know, for me, the stories, I think where a lot of people go wrong, and I know that your question was, well, how do I tell stories? But I think this is important to preface, mm -hmm. is like, I think a lot of people are like, you know, one day I had nothing, now I have everything. Um, or they're like, this is my student who made six figures in 15 minutes, right? Um, obviously both of those are a little exaggerated, <laughs> yep. but I think that so what we try to do with our storytelling is we try to make sure that people can like see us or see themselves in us. So like when I get a decent win, like we sent out an email about our low ticket offer and we're like, we make, you know, we at, we're averaging right now about $300 a day. Right. Um, like if you do the math, that's $9,000 a month after taxes and paying yourself and your team. It's not exactly like this wild amount of money, right? But the average person can't see themselves making, especially if you know your market, like my market is just getting started. If I was like, you could make $30,000 a month, they'd be like, 
but what? how I can't yeah. even, I can't even visualize that. So when we tell stories, I don't necessarily tell stories of where I am now. I tell stories of where I used to be. I tell stories about emotional state. Um, I have one story that I tell where, you know, when I was first getting started, I took like a Thursday off from work and I walked my dogs in the park and I was like, man, this is great, but this is like physically impossible if I continue on the nine to five path, right? That's way more relatable, even though it's not like I have a Lambo, I have a boat, I have a car. It's like, but that's what people want. They want that emotional freedom, that time freedom. And so when I tell a story, I'm asking myself, will my ideal customer even relate to this, right? Mm. So I have been doing this for six years. I moved to California. I bought a house. Um, like full transparency, houses in California are not cheap. If you've ever looked yeah. at the And the taxes market. are really high in California. Taxes are insane. So if I was like, oh, six years ago, I was a master student and now... I live in a, you know, X hundred thousand dollar house and I pay this mortgage and I pay myself this and I have a team of six people. Don't you want that too? The average person's going to be like, whoa, I'm just trying to get my next client. <laughs> right. So my stories are more like the emotions, the, 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 the state that they're in yeah. um, or aspirational at a level that they can relate to. Yeah. And so one of the stories that I like to tell is like, you know, um, uh, when I, when I quit my master's program, like I was like, Hey, my family was like, you're crazy. I was in it for a year. I had a decent job. I had an assistantship, um, which, uh, I know you have an international audience is, is basically, I worked for, uh, somebody that was networking with the university I went to. And so mm -hmm. they paid my tuition. My tuition was paid and I had a job. Um, everything was great. Like from the outside looking in, like that is the ideal scenario. And I walked away from it. Um, that is a story I like to tell because, because it relates to people feeling like it's a big risk to start a business. It's a big risk to invest money. Um, sometimes I'll talk about how my first investment in a course was 50% of my savings account. But granted, I had $2,000 in savings because I was like 21 years old in yeah. college, uh, living on student loans and a part-time job. But that's the reality. I took a big risk, Right. Yeah. What I am really careful about with, with my stories is I never want people to feel like I'm painting the story that if they don't do what I do or did or buy my thing that they're doomed. And I think that that is where we're really differentiating ourselves in the market. And I think I sincerely believe that's attracting fans because, you know, 10 years ago, email inboxes weren't cluttered. They just weren't. And now it's like, I can open my inbox and I've got 10 offers a day. I mean, you know, you don't have to least, like it. It's yeah. the reality, right? And so most of the offers are like countdown timer. Don't miss this. Where will you be in a year if you don't? And our offers and stories are more like, look, this is what I did. If you're willing to take that risk, great. If not, that's okay. Um, I had a, uh, a friend way back in the day who used to say, you know, just because like, don't assume that somebody can or can't afford, which I stand by. I totally oh, agree with that. But yeah, they would be I, like, man, they, sorry to you know, the, keep going. Yeah. The follow-up attachment to that was, they'd be like, you know, if somebody wants to max out their credit cards to work with you, let them. And I was like, no, I, I actively will not do that. So I tell people like, even if I'm doing sales calls for my high ticket service and they're like, this mm. is a big investment. I'm like, look, this is a big investment. Like, yeah, time is limited. Yeah, I've got a limited number of spots I can take, but sit with it. I'll follow up with you in a week. Um, if I'm launching, I'm like, hey, it is the last day, but don't, you know, don't let the pressure of timing make you make a decision. Instead, if, and, and what I 
I've said this like straight up. I'm like, if you can't put food on your table, keep your lights on, or you're going to be financially stressed, not uh, yeah, stressed, stretched is fine. It's like, if you're, if this is outside of your comfort zone, you've never spent this. Okay, cool. Stretching is fine. But if you're going to be at a point where you're like, man, that course, I don't even know if I can pay the bills next month. Don't buy it. It's not the right time. Or you need to save up money or you need to take like, there's a difference between risking and gambling. And I think in the online world, we like to use the word investment. Oh, invest in yourself, invest in your business. It's an investment. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, investments essentially guarantee or have a high, high percentage to return. Um, Mm -hmm. A high percentage of businesses fail. So there's a good chance that if you don't know your market, your message, where you're going or what you're stressed as hell, you're taking a gamble and that's okay. Take a gamble. Life's a gamble, but just know that's what you're doing. And again, it comes back to what I was saying earlier. Like that's a big part of our mission is like, we just want to bring more transparency and honesty to the market. It's like, Hey, it's a risk. And if you liked us at $37, it's a much lower risk than a $500 risk. And if you're getting results there, then come get more results with us here. Yeah. Zach, I think you really nailed your your avatar because you said you work with primarily beginners or people who have just come out from their job. And yeah. I really feel like the, the marketing that's going to that crowd has been the opposite of what you've been mentioning. So a lot of yeah. deadlines, a lot of pressure, a lot of if you don't go into debt to invest... How will you ever succeed sort of thing? And that messaging, I think for that market is starting to not be as effective. Out, yeah. It's just um, either one, like mass, like you said before, market sophistication is getting a lot better. People are more aware of what people are doing. And if you're just more sincere and frank, like you've just said there, that candidness really speaks to people. So I respect you for deciding to do that. I do want to shift gears a little bit now towards towards you now, if that's okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. So what's the vision for, for Zach in the next six to 12 months? Where do you want to go? Yeah. In the next six to 12 months, you know, we want to do three quarters of a million for the year. Our biggest nice. year ever has been half a million. We want to do three quarters of a million um, in revenue with like, a, if I'm doing the math right, I think we want to have a 20% profit margin. Um, like the size of the team, don't know that I want to expand the team, but you know, the big vision for us is just reaching a lot of people. You know, when I was young, younger, um, I'm like 28 now. So, you know, take mm-hmm. that with a grain of salt when I'm like young. Um, but when I was like 22, I was like, man, we got to make a million dollars. We got to do it. Like, that's the mission. Mm-hmm. That's the goal, make the money. Um, and now that I've done, you know, pretty well for myself and made the money, I'm like, man, um, Money, like, I don't want to be like, money doesn't buy you happiness. Money buys you freedom straight up. And and freedom makes you a lot, makes things a lot less stressful, right? Mm. When my dog has to go to the vet, no big deal. My car breaks down, no big deal, right? That makes life better. I am not afraid to say that. Um, but I found that there's other things that I care about, which is like, I want people to take my courses and complete my courses. And I want to make a bigger impact. And, you know, I don't have like this big, like, I want to reach 10 hundred million businesses and double them in four years or less. Yeah. I'm just like, look, I just want to create more transparency in the market, more honesty in marketing, help people sincerely um, and create products that people love. You know, that's, that for me is the big vision is like, let's challenge the industry. And that's scary because I've worked in this industry for six years with people, for people, next to people um, who adamantly disagree with what I'm doing. Um, but my thing is like, you can have different business beliefs and still be friends with people. So, you know, my goal is just to change the way that people think and are introduced to this industry 
um, and help them get better results. Yeah. I, I really like what you said at the end there. Uh, it's like a little lesson my mentor told me, which is people don't have to like you to respect you. And yeah. if you're congruent with what you're doing, you stand up and you're consistent with your values, then they don't have to best necessarily be best friends where you hang out having beers, but at least they'll respect the way you do business. So yep. yeah, big respect to you for sticking to your guns and having that vision. So what's that little thing that you are scared of to achieve that goal? Like that little obstacle that's in the way personally. Oh, for sure. You know, the biggest thing that is in the way for me is, you know, I had a, a conversation about this with a friend of mine is consistency. You know, I really struggle with consistency. Um, and, you know, we have a podcast, we do a podcast and like for the last five or six weeks, we just haven't done it, frankly. Um, it's on my calendar. I don't record it. My team's like, where is it? My podcast editor is like, <laughs> he's still working with us. Yeah. Um, consistency is a big one for me. That, that is a hard one. But a little asterisk is that um, we had a really great month in business. It's May 31st and it was uh, a really fantastic month. We outperformed the metrics that we were shooting for by about 30%, give or take. Mm -hmm. um, we overperformed our revenue by 30%, which uh, of what we wanted to do for the month. So I was really happy about that. And, you know, I remember I was talking to my partner and I said, oh, gosh, I just feel like all I'm doing is what I have to do um, to keep the business running, right? And, and you know, I'm not getting into like the, oh, I have to work versus I get to, right? It's, it's not that conversation. It's like, mm. look, there are things you have to do in business. I get it, you get to do them, but like- Non-negotiable stuff. that client meeting. It's, it's yeah. a non-negotiable. Um, and I was like, I just felt like I did all this stuff that's like the, the requirements to keep things moving. The client meetings, the sales calls, the, the, the ad setup, the team meetings. Um, and, but, it, but like, it was still a really great month. Um, we had some unexpected stuff come in, which was great. But even the unex, like even without the unexpected stuff, we we hit the goal, and then unexpected stuff knocked us over the goal. And I had a conversation with a friend where I was like, you know, maybe consistency isn't this bill of goods we get sold on the internet of like, I'm posting on Instagram every day, I'm messaging five people a day, I'm starting five new connections, I'm releasing a blog post every week. All of this to say, I'm not giving you permission to not create weekly content. It's like a really consistently good idea. Um, highly recommend weekly content yeah. practice, yeah. practice what I'm not, uh, or, or, or I'm not preaching what I practice or whatever, whatever it is. I know anyway, yeah. all of that to say, we have kind of realized that like consistency doesn't necessarily mean what other people think it means. It means consistently doing something that moves you towards your goal every day. So the big thing that's been holding me back is like, yes, I would say from a very logistical standpoint, we need to be more consistent with the content, but it's also this mindset of realizing that consistency is not, oh, I sent a blog every week. It's like, I would rather write that 8,200 blog post and send it once a month than be like, I'm going to crank out a 400 word post a week and just do it. So it's the mindset of getting past that consistency is just doing the thing and rather consistency is the right things compounding over time. So I know that, I don't know if that was what you were hoping to get out of the question, but it's more like, it's, it's the mindset of understanding what moves the business forward, but the tangible side of like, it would benefit us to be more consistent with our content. Yes. So what you were kind of saying is that you want to be more consistent. However, to just show up and do little stuff just for the sake of saying you're consistent rather than actually focusing on bigger picture stuff that moves the needle and trying to be more consistent on that on like a week to week or a month to month basis yeah. rather than a daily, we have to get this done sort of thing. That's what yeah, you're saying, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
oh cool i really nailed that paraphrase then hey you got it <laughs> yeah zach where's um where's the best place for my audience to find you yeah if you want to connect with me uh heartsoulhustle.com or on instagram at heartsoulhustle um mm-hmm. i do a lot of instagram reels which i think are hilarious so maybe you will too um but yeah uh instagram is probably the best place and um if you go to heartsoulhustle.com you can see how we work with people check out our courses but if you're like dude this guy's awesome and i just want to be connected to him instagram is the way to go yep well will your podcast be up and running by august because that's when this for podcast will... sure okay yeah cool. we're actually working on a uh we're i'm i'm currently in the process of trying to find somebody um who can help us create a content schedule so that we know what we want to plan out we have all of our launches planned and our releases planned the content for the podcast is not as planned out as i'd like it to be but yeah all that to say yes come august we will be releasing regular content on the podcast and what's the podcast called the Heart, Soul, and Hustle podcast. And you can go to heartsoulhustle.com slash podcast and that will bring up all of our episodes. We've done 151 to date um, as of May. And hopefully by the time you hear this, if I'm doing my math right, we should be around 165 or 170. Ah, cool. Nice. Well, Zach, thank you so much for coming on to Storytelling Secrets today. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Absolutely. It's been phenomenal. And, and thank you for listening and thanks for having me. Hey, this is Jules here. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end of the podcast. I really appreciate it. So if you want to go check out my guests, freebie, what they spoke about, learn a little bit more about them, maybe they've got an event they spoke about on the podcast, you're going to find all the information below in the podcast notes. And on top of that, if you really enjoyed the podcast, if you absolutely loved Storytelling Secrets, I'd really appreciate it if you go leave a review on iTunes. It helps get the podcast out to more people and uh, I'd be really, really grateful. On top of that, if you leave a review, a written review, I'd be more than happy to read it out on air. So you're more than welcome to drop a note, say hello to a friend, promote your business, whatever. The mic is yours, so to speak. So other than that, thank you so much for listening. Go leave a review and I'll see you next time on the podcast.